Are the Timberwolves really going to pair LaMelo with D'Angelo? Or could they go Twin Towers? The Warriors like any of these prospects? Are they looking for a vet? Can the Knicks finally get the superstar they've been chasing? Who slides? Who climbs? Let's answer some of these questions right now in Alchemy's Mock Draft 1.0. The number one pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Look, the obvious pick is Anthony Edwards, right? Both D'Lo and LaMelo Ball need the ball. How does that work? Why would you do that? They're both kind of wish-washy type of demeanors, and it just doesn't seem like a fit. But as I thought about it, I think there's more at play than just fit. The Minnesota Timberwolves are for sale. Glenn Taylor has put this team up for sale. And I think that LaMelo's name and his brand adds immediate value to the sale before he even steps foot on an NBA court. The consensus is, if you want to go amongst the draft experts, most of these guys feel that LaMelo Ball has the highest ceiling. He is the greatest talent in this draft. Then you consider his size, six foot seven. He's big enough to play three positions. Between Edwards and Ball, it may come down to who they feel eventually will become the better defender. And they both left a lot to be desired, you know, in, in their last seasons. LaMelo over in Australia and Anthony Edwards in Georgia. There's no question Edwards physically possesses more talent defensively. You know, if it clicked for him, he could become not just an all right defender, a really good defender, considering his lateral quickness and physical attributes. But LaMelo's got the length. He seems to have a better feel. So that's that's the argument you may have as far as their potential goes. LaMelo's the more natural ball player. His feel and his understanding of the game, it can't be taught where you look at Edwards and you're like, well, you can't teach that body. You can't teach that frame and those attributes. So that's what it may come down to. I think they're going to go LaMelo because one of his star power in the upcoming sale of this team and two, because I think that they probably see him as having the higher ceiling. The number one pick, LaMelo Ball to the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, number two, Warriors on the clock here. And it's no secret the pick is going to be shopped. That's what was immediately reported from everybody, right? Well, the Warriors are going to look to move this to get a player to help now. I understand that. And I will definitely explore some of these possible trade scenarios. I already have some in the bag in the lab that I'm going to unveil this week. But for now, let's operate under the assumption that they make this pick and keep it. You know how I feel about Wiseman. As little as we've seen of him, his physical gifts are undeniable. I think at worst, he's JaVale McGee. But at best, he's an all-star center. And to me, that's worth the risk in this draft. It absolutely is. I also understand the value of the big man isn't what it used to be, but I think what we're seeing in this bubble right now, and I'll I'll go into this in more detail in some of these breakdowns and things, but I think what we're seeing is how important rim protection still is. Regardless of the three ball era, you need a rim protector, and we're going to see it as this bubble plays out. However, I think they take Anthony Edwards here because we know what Golden State values most, and that's guard and perimeter play. I also think this would be operating under the assumption that they're going to get rim protection or they have a target that they're confident in that they're going to be able to acquire with the trade exception or via free agency that would be another big that they could add to the roster. So you take Edwards number two and you plug the Ant-Man in 
as the day one lead guard of the second unit. Number three, the Charlotte Hornets. They've got some nice pieces. They really do. But I don't think any of them really have the potential to grow into a true star. Graham, Washington, Bridges, I think at best, any of them at their peak could develop into possibly a good number two, at best. Now, we all know Mike has had a very shaky track record with his draft picks. And if you look at the history of their draft philosophy, they like taking proven college prospects, guys that have a proven track record collegiately. But I think this time, Jordan goes against that philosophy and he swings for the fences with the physical gifts of the unproven James Wiseman. The good thing is it makes sense from a fit perspective as well for this roster. Look, you've got two aggressive, undersized guards in your backcourt who need rim protection behind them. And then you look at their forwards and they like to shoot from the perimeter. So I think Wiseman here at three is really a perfect match for this roster and a very nice risk reward for the Hornets at number three. Number four, the Chicago Bulls. I think they like Kobe White enough. I think they like him. I think he showed enough in his rookie season for them to consider him the future at point guard. The bigger question is, how much do they still believe in Laurie Markkinen and even Wendell Carter Jr.? Like Wendell Carter's been good when he's been on the court, but is he just going to be an injury plagued? And you could say the same thing about Laurie to an extent, right? I think that the roster, you look at it and you say, all right, they need defense and they need toughness. That's where Aneka Akongwu comes into play. I think that they would view him as their bam out of bayou. Now, I don't think a Kongwu necessarily has the offensive versatility that bam has grown into, but you never know. He's very young, right? And he is in the same archetype. And I think he would give them much needed rim protection. And I also feel like he is probably the safest pick in this draft. And if you look at this from the Bulls situation, big picture, look, they've got talent on this roster, right? I think they need some stability and they need an identity. They need a solid guy and a Kongwu fits the bill. Number five, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do they really think they have their backcourt of the future? I don't think anybody does, right? But Dan Gilbert is very much a wild card. But I feel like here at number five, I think this is where we see Denny Avia go off the board. Maybe he can play some point forward since neither of their guards is interested in playmaking. So it makes sense from that perspective. And then he's also versatile enough where you could play him alongside Kevin Love and Drummond maybe at the same time. You could have a big front line and play him at the three. But really what I love about him is his edge and his competitiveness. He's kind of got a little nastiness to him. So maybe you know playing him and uh, bringing him along with Colin Sexton, they could cultivate a competitive spirit in Cleveland, a little bit of a grittiness for this young Cavs team. Number six, the Atlanta Hawks. I think we've all heard how Travis Schlank is kind of trying to build Warriors East down in Atlanta, coming from the Warriors organization and help building that roster out. And we've seen him do that. The moves he's made suggest that he's doing that. Well, now maybe they get their Andre Iguodala at number six this year with Isaac Okoro. Personally, I'm not as high on Okoro as a lot of people are. I'd rather go Devin Vassell here or probably even Halliburton. But I think Okoro, look, he's a local product and he's going to give them a much needed physicality and kind of a no-nonsense mentality that I think this roster needs. 
And again, this is up in the air. I could easily see them go, going Vassell here. I think the concern with Halliburton would be is, can you play Trey and Halliburton in the backcourt together? Like that's that's a very thin, small, weak backcourt for a lack of a better term. You know what I'm saying, physically weak. They've probably seen a lot of him being that he is a local product. And then now all of a sudden, you know, you know about the offense and the light show and how are you going to build versatile defense around that? Well, last year you got Hunter. He's a 3-4. And now if you get a Coro who's more of a 2-3, you've got two solid guys to kind of build your defense around. And then adding Capella, who we haven't seen as a rim protector. Number seven, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit's a roster where anything's possible, right? Like, you don't have to draft for need because you need everything. <laughs> and uh, I like Dumbayu. I like the kid they picked last year. He's a stretchy three. And then, I mean, you, you got, is Blake Griffin done? Like, how much does Blake have left? I, I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. But I have a little bit of a surprise pick here for you, a shocker pick. Cole Anthony out of North Carolina. The forgotten prospect. Look, there was a time when this kid was considered a top three pick. And he had a really, really rough year at Carolina. I mean, Carolina had a rough year. You, you, Roy Williams was in tears. That's how bad they were. And then you saw this top prospect who had a lot of hype on him come back from knee surgery early and try to carry these scrubs to respectability. And it really hurt his stock. I don't think it was fair. I like him a lot more as a prospect than some of these other guards, as at least as far as his ceiling goes. So why does Detroit take him? Excitement and ceiling. Did you hear that Detroit offered another Cole a roster spot in J. Cole, the rapper, right? J. Cole is trying to find his way into the NBA and Detroit offered him a tryout. They're desperate for attention. They're not like seeking to build a contender. They just are seeking relevance. And Cole Anthony is one of the more exciting players. He's a player your fan base can get excited about. He's a high riser. He's a bucket getter. And he's, he's flashy. And then, like I said, I think you're dealing with a player that has a higher ceiling than some of these other guards to go along with that pedigree. So Cole Anthony, the surprise pick at number seven. Number eight, the New York Knicks. I think everybody is expecting them to try to move up to get mellow, right? That's That's been the the train of thought around the NBA. But if they stay here, I think they go Devin Vassell. Prototype 3 and D wing, length, motor, pull-up game. And I think he's another one of the safer prospects in this draft. And look, he may not get their fan base hyped, but he's going to be a day one contributor. And I also think this is very important. I think he holds immediate versatility within his trade value. Meaning, you know, you draft a player, let's say you draft Obi Toppin here, right? But then you want to try to wheel and deal and make a trade. Not every team necessarily is going to value Obi Toppin, right? Where Devin Vassell is a player that any team will value when you throw him in any type of package to make a move. So I think that matters. I think they go Devin Vassell at number eight. Number nine, the Washington Wizards. Look, Isaac Okoro is probably the better fit. But seeing it as though I have Atlanta taking him off the board, I think the Wizards go Halliburton here as just the best available player, the best available talent. But Halliburton's ability to play on and off ball, I think would allow him to not congest this backcourt in Washington. But let's be honest here. 
What is John Wall going to look like? How many games is John Wall going to play? Who knows? Maybe Halliburton ends up being Beal's running mate, an ideal fit, because now all of a sudden, you know, you've got those two are pretty interesting, interchangeable, right? Where you just got two, two guys that can play on and off ball, both lanky guys. And that could be interesting. So I've got Halliburton sliding to nine in the Washington Wizards. Number 10, the Phoenix Suns. Amari 2.0, baby. Amari 2.0. Look, we've all made the Amari Obi comparisons. So it's only fitting they're drafted by the same team. Now, all of a sudden, the Suns have one of the more dynamic offenses in the league with Book, Ayton, and the ready-to-go offensive game that Toppin possesses. Pick and pop, pick and roll, space the floor, post up. Pick your poison with that trio. It could be it could be very dynamic and interesting. I think obviously all the questions would lie on the defensive end. Can they blend players around those three to be competitive enough defensively? Aiton's taking some strides and so is Booker. Toppin, the defensive concerns are real. They're there. But on the offensive end, he really has no holes and he can stretch the floor and play with other bigs. I think that they would be very pleased if Toppin slid all the way to 10. Number 11, the San Antonio Spurs. I know their entire team is comprised of combo guards, but I don't think they can resist the opportunity to steal another young French point guard. So I think they grab Killian Hayes here. We know they love their international players. Not only that, though, he fits their culture to a T. He's a no-nonsense player, very calm demeanor. He just screams Spurs to me. And I, I think that the Spurs ultimately are due to shuffle their roster anyway, so I don't necessarily think there'll be a logjam in the backcourt once it's all said and done, and they are more than happy to grab another international player here at number 11, their first time in the lottery in quite some time. Number 12, the Sacramento Kings. Vlade's gone. Vlade's gone, right? That's the pick. That's the pick. Y'all don't get a pick. Your pick was firing Vlade. It's a true addition by subtraction. Nah, nah, nah. But I think I think that they may like Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Big physical combo forward. Should be able to run the floor and vibe with Foxwell. I think that they would they would vibe well on the court, probably off as well. Who knows? And then it's kind of insurance on Bagley, right? You know, Bagley can't stay on the court. But I think if Bagley ever does get healthy, one of the things that the Kings just hadn't addressed yet is like Bagley looks like a center. Is Bagley not a center? And so you get a big physical kid, maybe not as polished and ready to contribute now, but a higher ceiling than some of these other prospects. So they go Patrick Williams and add another physical athlete to their front court. Number 13, the New Orleans Pelicans. Firing Gentry is a start, but we've heard the saying, you need the horses. They need more defensive-minded players. And a big rim protector would be a great start. I know they've got Jackson Hayes, but I mean, he's, he's still going through puberty, right? I mean, shit. But Precious Achua, on the other hand, I think can help them right away, at least on the defensive end. He's athletic enough to guard out in space, bouncy and long enough to play vertical at the rim. But most importantly, what I like about Achua is he seems to enjoy playing defense. He likes to defend. So I think this would be a perfect fit for the Pelicans if Achua was still on the board at 13. Number 14, the Boston Celtics. 
I'm sure they would love for Precious to be on the board still too, right? If if Precious was still on the board here, you assume they would try to sure up some of that size deficiency in the front court. Even though Achua is not exactly a seven-footer, he plays like one. But they could also use this opportunity to get some insurance in their backcourt in Tyrese Maxey. You look at Kemba's knee moving forward and Smart's durability issues. They could use more depth there, I think. And Maxey, he's a dog, man. I think he would fit well. Now, Kyra Lewis could be at play here too. But I think I think Maxey, he has some Marcus Smart-like characteristics as far as just a toughness and a motor. He's got, he's got nice physical strength and size as a combo guard. So I think that would be a nice pick for Boston here to end the lottery. All right, y'all. Well, this was Mock Draft 1.0. I think, I don't know how much will change. Are they going to get brought in for workouts, right? And maybe something that happens within this bubble, an injury or something, something, who knows, will alter this. But I'm sure I will release a different version before we actually get to the draft in October. But these are my first thoughts and picks in Alchemy's Mock Draft 1.0.